you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a ton. We are uh, we have gotten to the spot where uh, the the DAC news is going to start exploding, uh, and 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 there's going to be uh, even more uh, wild speculation about uh, uh, you know what two sides are, are saying about each other, or what's going on in negotiation. Uh, but I, I think you know that's 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 not all the news that's out there for for Cowboys fans, and I, I'm excited to talk about maybe some of the other stuff that's being missed by yeah. the major media outlets. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, that in just a second. But today's a sad day, Landon, because this is the, the day last year where the combine was going on. Oh, uh, wow. And I, I I love the NFL combine. So to not have it this year uh, is, is frustrating, yeah. but I understand. And, you know, maybe well, hoping it's back next year, but uh, pour one out for the NFL combine. Uh, but you mentioned some some Cowboys, actual Cowboys-related news, and this comes from Jane Slater of the NFL Network. And this is good news for the Cowboys. It appears that Lyle Collins is continuing to rehab from his hip surgery. Uh, he's actually working out with Duke Mannyweather, uh, an offensive line coach specialist. And then Tyron Smith continues to be in the weight room, in the gym, getting ready for the 2021 season. It sounds like he's he's preparing to play, and we've heard no differently that the Cowboys intend to move on. So, so far, so good for the two offensive tackles, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, th- that's pretty good news. I mean, especially, I would say, uh, with Lael working with Duke Merriweather, I mean, he is a... Uh, Duke is the best. I mean, basically, you yeah. know, the, running the offensive line camps and uh, the offensive line performance group that he uh, is a part of, and um, so that's I, I think really really encouraging. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, with Tyron, it's you know the fact that he's in the gym, the fact that he's in his rehab. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I think with the kind of injuries he has, rehabbing is probably something he has to do either way, even if he wasn't playing. But the, I think the, it sounds like based on the tone of the tweet. Uh, that it's that he is working towards uh, actually coming back to play again this next year, which you know I, I isn't so much a, a super surprise, uh, but but is a uh, uh, but is just a good thing to have confirmation of for sure. Absolutely, and uh, this is going to be dramatic for the Cowboys in their offseason stuff, right? Because if Tyron and Lyle are healthy, that completely changes the way you view free agency. It completely changes the way that you view the draft, right? Because if those guys are healthy, we're probably not talking about Rashawn Slater at number 10 at all, right? We're talking about day two and day three offensive tackles. So as long as we get a steady drumbeat of information, of positive information over the next two months, I think it's probably safe to assume that an offensive tackle, we can almost, almost rule it out at number 10, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I never say never, right? Uh, never say never, but I, I feel like if those guys are healthy and they're trending towards that direction, there's just no way they're going yeah, to do that. I think that, it's right? one of those things where you just take away the the kind of designation uh, for uh, you know position of need that that, that you, you mm. normally would have that you view the draft lens through, right? It's just you have like kind of a a, a, a filter that that makes the uh, Brian Broadus talks about the the, the tags glowing, right? Uh, you, yeah. you kind of have a, a, a the idea that the 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 position groups that you have a need for those tags glow a little bit, you know, because you, you know you need it, and it's, it feels like there's a more um, um, urgency to, to get that pick. I think you know the the Rashawn Slaters, the Pinay Sewells, those tags are just aren't going to glow the same way they would if uh, if you know Tyron Smith wasn't playing next year. We also got some Dak news, kind of, sort of, maybe. Uh, again, from Jane Slater, uh, the Cowboys have not placed a franchise tag on Prescott yet. I believe today was the first day they could do so. And why would they put it put it on him yet? They've got, what, the next three weeks to negotiate a contract. Uh, Todd Archer from ESPN yesterday said that there have been some discussions, maybe not negotiations, but some uh, discussions between Todd France in the Cowboys front office. Uh, I guess the overall tone has been a little bit better than it was at this time last year. So any takeaways on this kind of sort of maybe Dak Prescott news? Nope. All right. I I mean, mean, that's that's the way I feel. It's like, okay, cool. You guys probably, one party probably called the other party. Yeah. Hey, is this still your number, Steven? Yeah. Okay, cool. Talk soon. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's really what it is. I, again, we, we've got some time. Uh, I know a lot of people want this to get done before free agency. And I think there's some incentive for the Cowboys to do so. But what the start of free agency is March 17th landed. That's not the actual deadline, though, right? No, the actual deadline is what July fifteenth, right? And maybe the maybe the real deadline is the first night of the draft, right? Maybe because if we get into the draft, and that's that might change the equation. But we've got a long time to go before we even get to that. So uh, don't get your hopes up that a deal is going to get done today or tomorrow or Thursday or anything like that. But uh, it does seem like things are progressing to where we might be getting some news in the next month. Man, well, that's... that's in the sense that time so is marching stuff. on. Yes, I guess that is true, Marcus. <laughs> in the sense that time is moving so forward, pointless. we are getting closer to a resolution. That is true. <laughs> I cannot wait for this to be over. This is so dumb. I just, I, this is my least favorite thing to talk about when it comes What's, to it, the Dallas Cowboys. It's crazy because it's like... I mean, just to kind of take a step back... As someone who we cover the Cowboys, and, and you guys know, we, we talk to you all every single day. So clearly we live and breathe the Cowboys, but I'm sick of talking about I've been so I have been I. sick about talking about this for months. And, and there is still... For years. Uh, literally yeah, actually, years. Literally, you know, it's, it's funny because I actually almost tweeted this out today. I have a meme folder in my photos of just Dak Prescott <laughs> memes when he signs... When, when Dak Prescott signs his cowboy contract. I actually looked at it. That that folder is like over a year and a half old now. And, 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 so and it's just... <laughs> I'm just I'm just ready for it to be dumb. I'm not even, I'm not I'm not pissed. I'm not upset about any of it. I just want it to be over, frankly. I feel you. I I, I think Cowboy fans want it to be done as well. It's just 
I was thinking today, Lena, what are we going to talk about once Dak actually signs this contract? Like, what are we going to uh, do? <laughs> I mean, the same thing we have been doing. It's not like we've been talking about Dak. I mean, That's frankly, true. this is the most we've talked about Dak Prescott, you know, especially certainly his contract, in in weeks, probably. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's always going to be something to talk about around this team. So I, 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 that's why I guess I'm always shocked when when, you know, it's only only always Dak all the time when there's so much other stuff to talk about. I agree. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's get to some Twitter questions. And I, I really like this one uh, from a really smart guy named at Marcus underscore Mosier. Um, Landon, if the Cowboys re-sign Chidabe Uzier, which I saw a couple articles today suggesting that the Cowboys might be interested in that, how does that change their draft plans at 10, or should it? Well, I think it's kind of what we talked about um, you know, previously, right? Where uh, you set yourself up to a, a spot where you don't have to take anybody at 10. You know, you don't have to take anybody. Well, you got to draft somebody at 10. Well, I mean, that you don't need to take <laughs> anyone specific or a, a, a position specific, right? So uh, I think, uh, you know, it's it's you're always trying to set yourself up to uh, purely draft best player available. You want to set yourself up for success in the cornerback position, even if, you know, what happens if – I mean, what happens if Joe Horn, all three corners get taken above you at 10? I don't think that's going to happen. Horn, but, yeah. I mean, what happens if that happens? So, you know, you get, you have to set yourself up so if the draft doesn't happen that you, you're still able to play football games. So, okay, let's let's play out the scenario. Let's say that by the time we get to the draft, Landon, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins are 100% healthy and they're ready to go for the season. The Cowboys get a... Decent sized deal done with Ouzier. I believe the numbers I saw today were like seven million dollars a year for three years. Uh, so about what three years? Twenty one, twenty four million around that range. Then what do you do? Because you could take Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley and just develop those guys and have three good outside corners, or you could start looking at other positions. You could look at linebacker, even though I would recommend not doing that. You could look at. Tight end. I was gonna uh, say, I how mean, long are we gonna? <laughs> how long are you gonna dance? <laughs> well, that's really why I'm I'm asking you this question, right? This is a Kyle Pitts question. <laughs> I mean, no, but it does set you up to potentially go di- a different direction, right? If you fall in love with one of the defensive ends or the defensive tackles, you could do that as well. But I feel like the best player available still probably will be a cornerback, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's likely, and you know. Uh, I think that there is uh, something to be said about the potential of, you know, overstocking that position, you know? And, I mean, here's the thing. Once you sign – once you sign a Wouzier and you've got Anthony Brown, you've got Diggs, uh, you know, you're adding – You can play with those guys. 
Then you can play with those guys and be yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, but well, but if you, I mean, you were okay last. Add year. in per- Patrick Sertan. You add in Caleb Farley, and now suddenly you, you almost have an overstock at the position, and 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 it almost feels like a kind of a misappropriation of resources to to some degree. I mean, you don't some, you, but I I feel better about Farley in that scenario, sure, right? Because I, that, now I don't have to like play. What I was going to say is that it, what it may do is let you trade, may may, may let you draft that position more purely uh, uh you know from an upside position uh, upside point yes. of view you know yes. so maybe farley becomes a lot more palatable because you're not having to worry about throwing him out there right away and him being the, the other opposite corner and, and and here's the other thing I'll throw in and I don't I mean uh, just throwing this out there you've got uh Chidobi who has some experience in, in Colorado playing safety and actually has mm-hmm. some ex- experience with the Cowboys trying out at safety at different points and then you've got somebody in Dan Quinn who is well known for converting cornerbacks to safety. I like it. There yeah. could be the possibility that what happens is, is you sign Shadobi Awuzier, you draft Caleb Farley. Once Farley's ready to come out on the field and be uh, your other starting corner, you just uh, sl- gently uh, shift Awuzier back to the safe back to safety. Uh, Which safety spot do you like him better at? Uh, probably. Probably free, I think. I don't know. I, I think free, but I think you could do some fun things. Like if you eventually do get a topper safety, where you could have a Wuzier in the box. Sure. I mean, he's not he's not super light. I no, think he's two hundred and two pounds. No, I think, so and he's a he's a physical player. I mean, he he, he doesn't mind mixing right. it up. So, no, I, I wouldn't at all have a problem with him playing. Uh, you know, frankly, either safety. I, I'd like to see how he looks. You know, because I mean, here's the thing: the issue with 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 Chidobe Awuzie is is getting his head around. You know, getting yeah. getting his head around yep. to track the ball. Is he better tracking the football when he when he could see it from the get go? That's something you need to find out a little bit more in training camp. Right, and I think this is a situation where it just gives you more depth. And I think if you want to play Awuzier at safety, as you mentioned, you get more coverage guys on the field. And with the way the NFL is trending, it's not not a bad thing to do. You need multiple cornerbacks. We saw last year the Cowboys when they had what one injury to to Awuzier in week two. Everything fell apart. So to try to get you know multiple starting level cornerbacks uh, is a smart, uh, sound strategy. So I know a lot of people aren't the highest on Awuzie, but if you could get him at a price like that, seven eight million dollars a year, considering he knows you know he's played in a cover three scheme before, I think I would be okay with that. Um, all right, let's get to another question. This one comes from at Metric Scout. Is trading back in this year's draft even more important considering Dallas will eventually pay Dak Prescott? I think the belief here is, Landon, that with Prescott likely to take up a significant portion of your salary cap, you're going to need more guys on rookie contracts to to fill in and contribute. Is that a smart strategy here? Even if you have to take a loss in the in the trade, you know, the trade value column, is it worth doing that? Yeah, I mean, hmm. honestly, I, I think a lot of teams are all going to be trying to pull things like this, right? Like, it, it's I gotta say, it, it's it's created quite a quandary for I imagine for general managers that are trying to fill out the bottom half of their roster without salary cap, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, and and and, and really. Maybe the solution to a lot of this is what you know you've been hearing whispers of with uh, you know some of NFL players suggesting that next year will be the year of, of the prove it deal, you know, and, and I think right. ultimately maybe that's where uh, 
to kind of answer your question, I don't know that the Cowboys are going to need to have to do that because I think, you know, the entire everyone's being affected by the lack of salary cap, including the free agent market itself. So the free agents market is going to be depressed because, uh, you know, there's just not as much money to go around to be spent here. So a lot of people are going to be taking shorter deals. So. Yes, I think the suggestion that the that the questioner had is a good one. Trading back to collect picks to, to uh, garner cheap labor because you're having to pay a, a $37 million tag that is not very flexible, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also don't know that it's, it's – it, it is very good thinking, but I also don't know that it's as necessary – uh, it's as dire as the questioners suggesting because the market uh, will also be depressed. So you should be able to at least fill your roster properly this year because, you know, guys who are average starters may be coming in uh, on vet minimum one year deals. You know, it, it's 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 a good thought. But as much as uh, the, the the entirety of the NFL market is being depressed, uh, I I don't know that it's as necessary because frankly the the, the free agent market will be will be hit, taking a similar hit. So there's another part of this about the draft part of it as well, where I mean I, I know our good friend at Cowboy Stats uh, is always preaching to us about the value of trading back and adding picks and. Just the more shots at the dartboard that you have, the more likely that you're going to have a successful draft. You want to have as many top 100 picks as possible. So having the Cowboys trade back from 10 to, let's say, 16, 17, picking up you know maybe two extra top 100 picks, that has a lot of value. However, top 10 picks are where you typically get a lot of your Pro Bowl or non-Pro players, right? Those type of guys don't fall out of the top 10 very often, so... You don't want to trade away from a Pro Bowl or All Pro level talent, so you still got to get the picks right. But it's it's going to be a tricky situation because this team obviously needs depth. They need to build the bottom of the roster, but they also need they need some stars. And we've seen uh, over the last couple of years, you know, having two, three, four stars on defense can be sometimes enough to to get you to be at an elite level. Uh, the Rams are a perfect example of that. They have. Aaron Donald, they have Jalen Ramsey, and the rest is just eh. Mm -hmm. But when you have two superstars like that, it elevates you to the number one defense in the league. So basically, don't trade away from elite talent, but it's not a bad thing to have multiple picks in the top 100 as well. So it's a a fine line, Landon, and I'm not sure how the Cowboys are going to balance it. Yeah, and, and they're not the only team. That's the issue, you know. And so uh, lots of teams. And that's the other thing to think about with the trade back is that uh, the Cowboys certainly aren't going to be the only team with that thought process. No. So no. Uh, the trade back market may be a bloodbath. You may be taking a lot less on uh, to trade back than you imagined you would uh, just simply because there's competition. Unless there's a quarterback. That's that's yeah. probably the difference, right? Because there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. It, you might be able to get a, a King's Ransom if a Justin Fields falls down to 10. And all of a sudden you have Washington and Pittsburgh and the, the, and the Patriots all bidding to try to get them. So it's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating draft for trades because, man, this could be a, just a wild, wild top 10. 
Uh, let's take one more quick break, and we'll come back and we'll finish up the show. I just wanted to tell you guys about our good friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com has been in the business for years serving auto parts to customers online. They have everything that you could potentially want from uh, motor oil, brake parts. Uh, they've got everything. You can choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, this one comes from at Reason33WG. How close or far away are the Cowboys from truly being a Super Bowl contender? What are the one or two moves that they have to accomplish this offseason to get back in that range? I, you know, I think we've we've uh, laid this out uh, quite a bit. I, I think the Cowboys, if they can, you know, secure Dak Prescott next year, their offense is going to be good. You know, I think the the news with Tyron Smith and Lael Collins obviously kind of further supports that. If if we're getting healthy offensive tackles, a healthy offensive line, uh, you you feel you feel good about where this offense goes in twenty twenty one. Um, I think the defense is where, you know, there's going to be a lot of work to be done, some focus. We've already changed defensive coordinators. There's going to be some free agent signings. There's going to be some draft Mm -hmm. picks. I think right now we all know the path. The question is how, uh, it's going to lay, how it's actually going to unveil in front of us. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think, uh, any team, you know, the, the the any team can can become a viable Super Bowl contender in an offseason if they have a, a, a viable quarterback. So Tampa Bay is a perfect example, yep. right? They had a they they made a couple moves on defense, boosted their offensive line, and then they got the quarterback, and all of a sudden, Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Not, it's, I mean, obviously Tom Brady is a unique situation, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that were better than Tom Brady oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. So it's you just needed competent quarterback play for that team to be successful. Uh yeah, I think it's really just about, you know, having uh the right combination of of, of offensive prowess and, and defensive uh, ability uh to and and that kit formula can be mixed in a whole bunch of different ways, but I think the Cowboys are definitely already well in striking distance of what you need on offense to carry a team to the Super Bowl. They just need right. to kind of elevate their defense to a, a spot where they aren't a, a dragging appendage on this team. I agree. And that's it's not going to be that hard. Two, three, four guys on defense can drastically change it. A simpler scheme, some guys staying healthy on that side of the ball. And this is a defense that's can be, again, not probably a top 10 unit, but somebody that's close to league average. If they're league average, they're going to be just fine. Last question, Landon. This is a good one. It comes from Magnus88. As evaluators, do you prefer, do you prefer prospects with higher floors or higher ceilings? <laughs> this is a good – this is very uh, prescient to me. Um, I, I wonder why. Well, and I'll, I'm going to break <laughs> it down. Um Yesterday, uh, in the DMs, I got to complaining to you about uh, Greg Rousseau, right? Uh, um, Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> I, I, I actually watched him some more last night. And this is funny, uh, you know, and I guess we'll get into this more on Wednesday. But uh, John had 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 John owning uh, had had put in a, a clip of Jalen Phillips in the uh, in the uh, in the, in the, group, the, in the DMs. Yep. We were looking at it, and, and I had actually commented, "Please don't do that because you're going to make Greg Russo look bad when I have to go watch him yeah. later." Yeah. And in, in reality, what I think it actually did was it. When I went back and watched Rousseau, I actually had a better a gaining of uh, respect for of, of of what the the appeal is there, and 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 I think what it is is that you know every every player has like you know a different kind of mix of of floor and ceiling, right? And and, and sure. I think that sure. when you look at a guy like Gregory Rousseau, there has been so much just like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, why would you take this guy? It's, it's just all upside. It's it's. Uh, I can't believe people are talking about him in the first round. Like I think it's been a lot of talk about uh, you know his draft stock and where it is relative to where it should be, and 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 and, and, and treating that as a negative. Uh, watching him last night, I, I I realized, you know, what the appeal is here with this guy, because ultimately. You know, the reason that he got pushed up there is because this guy has a, a physical skill set and a, and, a, and a body that can be developed to do things that you can't develop other people to do, you know? And, and I think to answer the kind of question that is being asked here, I, I think you have to examine both your ceiling and your floor at the same time. And you can't just... Uh, you can't just draft a guy simply because he has a high ceiling or simply because he has a high floor or avoid a guy simply because he has a, a low ceiling or simply because he has a low floor. Uh, you have to look at both because uh, – and, and then Rousseau is the example, right? So Rousseau, I think, has a crazy high ceiling. Like to me, sure. I watched sure. him last night and, I'm, and, and I, now that I'm not watching him as – uh, as you know, uh, a, a speed rusher alternative. As I'm looking at him more through a lens of a David Irving or a Calais Campbell type guy, right? Those guys are rare physical athletes who can you know do things that other guys can't do. When David Irving was able to do what he was able to do, uh, you know, he was <laughs> there. There wasn't a physical limitation to, to his success. You no, know? No, no, no. So no, no. yeah, I, I guess what I'm getting at is that. It's really about your team and about what your uh, uh, position room can handle and, and what their needs are for that draft pick. So if, if, you're, if you're taking a guy in the top 10 uh, with Russo, I, I need a guy who is going to have a high ceiling but who is also going to be playing yeah, solid right football right away. He's got to have a floor yes. that's at least this, or he's a starter, and, and at least giving me snaps while he's developing with the idea that, okay, I'm also you know uh, giving him value because I know that, or I'm hoping that eventually he develops into this player. And, and I guess that's where uh, it becomes difficult. It's a very long-winded way of saying that I'm having a harder and harder time uh, uh, parsing, you know, uh, whether I like a, a high ceiling or a high floor player, because I, I really do think that it's about the floor in relation to the ceiling, you know, and, 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 and what you can get, 
looking at the draft pick in both the immediate return and the long-term uh, results because that's the thing that gets missed sometimes is that sometimes with these high upside players what 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 you by by avoiding those guys because you're trying to play it safe what it means is that you don't get the top end talent in the NFL because a lot of the top top tippy top end talent are upside guys it, and I think we're starting to see that more so there is obviously an inherent risk that we are all aware of in taking guys that have maybe a low floor and a high ceiling but I don't think what mm-hmm. gets talked about enough is the inherent risk of never taking those guys, of never uh, of never taking the high upside guys, even if they have risk. Because ultimately, I mean, you want to talk about something that could just lead to perpetual eight and eight seasons. If you don't... Yeah, just having an average team everywhere. Exactly. If yeah. you don't take the yeah. risk to try to get elite talent on your football team, then that is just as risky as busting out on a guy who you thought would make it and, and never did. So this is a really complicated question that we might have to dive into on another show when we have more time. But I'm actually going to go backwards, Landon. I feel like you are better off taking a high-risk player early on in the draft than later in the draft. And the reason why is late-round guys that have that have like the higher ceiling, a lot of times they don't get the chance to actually develop that potential because – if they don't play on special teams, they're just not going to play. They're not going to be active. Uh, they're just not going to get that many opportunities, right? So if you're drafted high, you're going to get more opportunities to play, to develop, to practice, all that kind of stuff. The way that I like to look at it, floor is obviously important, as you mentioned. I think it's also important to, to kind of rank how likely it is a player hits their ceiling, right? Like in the case of Russo, we know what the the potential is. Like he has the potential to be an all-pro rusher. But how likely is is he to do so? Because I feel like, and I don't want to turn this into a Russo topic specifically, but he's got a long ways to go with his hand technique and learning the position. He's only played defensive end for one year. So I think you have to factor that in as well. And the, maybe the reason I'm a tick lower on these guys that have high upside and low floors is I just don't trust coaching staffs in the NFL, Landon. I know I should, but I've seen so many of these guys develop because they're just, I don't know. We, we've seen guys go, coaches take these guys that are you know a little bit safer and they'll play in because they trust them more and they don't want to spend the time to develop high, you know, high risk players. And um, a, a lot of times with the way that the new CBA is working where you don't have as much practice time as before and your film you know, hours are all limited, it does make it a little easier to just take the safer guy and be like, okay, hey, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't miss on our first round pick. We just hit a double. But I do agree with you that you have to have some upside there because you don't want a team of just average players. But you can't be gambling on just high upside guys in every single drafter. You'll be the the GM will be fired before you, before you know it, right? It's 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 difficult. Drafting's yeah, hard, and especially it, it since really is. I guess that's that's my ultimate conclusion. Team. You know, that's that's what makes it even more difficult is that everyone is dealing with their own set of right. problems, right? Uh, and that's why teams view players so wildly different. Exactly. Um, all right, that's a good show. We uh, we got some draft conversation in there. We got some ta- Dak Prescott uh, talks. We got some Tyron stuff. Uh, good show. We'll be back uh, on 
Thursday to talk about some more draft guys. Uh, we've got a special show for you tomorrow. Uh, we've got Elliot Harrison joining the podcast, so make sure you guys are tuning into that. Uh, we've got uh, a busy, busy week, so make sure you're downloading and subscribing on the uh, on Twitter, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. <laughs>